0: Oh groovy baby, groovy. Welcome to the Harland Highway, uh which is always groovy, I think. I hope. I am your host Harland Williams here at the Harland Highway. Thank you for being here. We have a great show for you today, but don't we always Um uh, today I'm I'm I got to lay in a little bit to all these actors. I'm just sick of the actors that that keep doing these public service messages on TV and trying to tell us how to think and how to be political and who to vote for. And, oh, my God, it's just making me sick. So I'm going to comment on that towards the end of the show. Um, Also, uh, a weird thing. I don't know. You remember the SARS epidemic? There's a weird thing going on at the airports that's getting me a little freaked out, a little creeped out. So I'm going to talk about that because it's getting under my skin almost literally And uh, it's weird. And then, you know, to help us get through the cold, cold, cold winter that we're currently immersed in, uh, a very very uh, wonderful writer, uh, flowery romanticist, will be here, Samuel E. Quelk, with some of his heartwarming, soulwarming letters and musings. He will read them out loud to hopefully put a little warmth in our hearts during this cold uh, time of the year. So let's go. This is the Harlan Highway. Sit down, strap in, and tighten your diaper. Come here, baby. You're about to go down the Harlan Highway. I didn't bargain for this. Oh yes, you did. Chick-a-chick chicka, chicka chow chicka, chicka, main baby. And the creature from honest Please don't stop. I got a be ugly face. Magnificent performance. This is the Harland Highway. I hate you! Well, that's the way it goes. <laughs> what do you say? We get down to business. Oh yeah! Here we go now. Okay, so as you know, we are we are entering into that time of year where everyone just like, oh God, it's so cold and rainy and snowy and wintry, and you know, most of the country is suffering through the 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 humdrums and doldrums of. Of the, uh, the emerging and existing winter. And we still got like you know. All of February to go. And three quarters of March. and Oh God. And so my producers. And maybe this was a good idea. But I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. But my producers thought you know. Why don't we bring in uh, that uh, a friend of the show. Samuel E. Quauk. Who was. Uh, he. He's titling himself a romantic storyteller, a poet, a writer, a novelist. I mean, this guy he has very flowery romantic writings and, and we thought maybe maybe, you know, having him read one of his, his romance stories would raise lift your spirits, warm us all up inside. I'm a bit skeptical. I'm gonna have a word with him before we get going, just to make sure he's on the right track. And, uh, and we'll have him read one of his romantic tales to us. It, it, he Send him in, Roger. Okay, Roger's going to get Samuel E. Quauk, Send him in, and um, in a few minutes we'll hear from him. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to talk about this. It, it's kind of a weird story, but it's something that's been like kind of on my mind. And I don't know if uh, any of you have experienced this, you know, during the holidays, go- traveling, going through airports, and it's freaking me out a little bit. But I've noticed, like, you know, I spend much of the year in of my of my life in in, uh, in airports. Okay, I travel, I go do my stand up comedy shows, I'm here, I'm there. And do you remember, like, years ago, there was that whole like um, SARS thing? the whole SARS epidemic and everyone was freaking out that they're going to get SARS. It was like, it was like an airborne virus or something. It came from birds or something like that. And so what happened is a lot of people started wearing like these SARS masks. They were like, they're like, like, like a surgeon's mask. You put it over your mouth and nose and it's, it's like a cloth thing. It looks, it looks like you'd see a dental assistant or a dental hygienist wear, or someone in surgery I guess they're used to filter the air or whatever. And in particular, the Asian population started wearing them a lot, I noticed, in the airports. And then the SARS thing kind of went away. But a lot of Asian people wearing the SARS masks hasn't. And so now I'll be trucking through the uh, the airport and I'll see like uh, an Asian person here, an Asian person there. And it's only the Asians. At least that I've seen. I mean, I look around for, for black people, uh, Indian people, white people, uh, Latino people, any type of other culture or race, and I haven't seen it. But every time I go to the airport almost, I see an Asian person with the SARS mask on, and, and I'm thinking, whoa, 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 it's it's like freaking me out a bit. It's In my head, I'm like, do, do they know something we don't know? Is there something still going on? Is the SARS thing still like a dealio? Like, why are they wearing a SARS mask in the airport? Clearly, they're worried about some form of contamination from, is it me? Is it the guy beside me? Is it is it all of us collectively? And so there's two elements to the, the SARS mask thing with the Asian people. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, A, as I said, do they know something that we don't know? and then b the other part of the equation is i kind of take it personally i'm like i'm like wait a minute how come only the asians are wearing this it's almost like it's almost like in my head i go well we don't want to, we don't want to breathe the same air as the rest of all you other cultures you know we're asians we want we want our air pure we we don't want the essence of other other races inside of us you know, we're going to filter out your skin molecules and your skin flakes and we can't breathe the same air you breathe. And so now I'm I'm thinking, do the Asian people have a, a case of air snobbery against the rest of us, which is absolutely ridiculous and pathetic. But, you know, when you see one certain race of people doing something and no one else is, you can't help but take it a little personally. And so you I, I get a little bit offended. I'm going, wait a minute, is that... What's with that person? Why? Why they? Why they got the SARS mask on and no, no one else does? What they don't? They don't like me. They don't. They don't like uh, the way I smell. They think I got something, man. Is that what this is all about? Right. So it's it's really weird. It just it feels like an out of date thing. And I just get weirded out that it's one culture. Like it could be the Chinese. It could be blacks. It could be whites. It could be North American Indians. For all I care, but. When one when one group of people do it, it just it, there's something weird going on, you know? Like like what if all of a sudden like like all black people were walking around the airport in hazmat suits and the rest of us were just standing there going, wait a minute, what's with the uh, what's with the contamination free uh, hazmat suit? Am, are we missing something here? Am I am I not seeing something? Wait a second. So I don't know, man. I don't know if uh, how many Asian listeners I have on the Harlan Highway, but if you get if somebody knows something, like if there's a SARS Part Two headed our way or something's up, like let us in on it, man. But in the meantime, if there's nothing going on, just chill. maybe maybe a note from the rest of us. Relax, man. Chill out. Share the air. Okay. Just breathe, man. Nobody's got nothing, okay? It's just, just a little, it, it's spooking me. It's freaking me out, man. You're freaking me out. So there you go. Just, just, I'm putting it out there. I don't know if anyone else has seen this or experienced this. If they have, let me know, but I just don't like it. So there you go. SARS-2. Anyways, let let me end the SARS ramp because our guest just walked in the door. He's, hello, hi, come on in, this way, this way. It's Samuel E. Quauk. He's going to read some romantic letters for us to help us get through the cold, to take our minds off the slushy, stormy, snowy, chilly winter. Here he comes. Here he is. (sighs) Samuel E. Quauk, how are you today, sir? I'm very good, thank you very much. Well, uh, have you brought some letters to read? Yes, I have as a matter of fact, and I'm not sure that I appreciate the tone of your voice. Well, it's just I, if I'm being honest, Mr. Quauk, yes, if I'm being honest, I sometimes find that your romantic letters, quote unquote, often kind of go off track and suddenly they're not that romantic. Well, if you think you can produce more romantic letters than the ones I pen, may you have at it, sir. Now, don't get defensive on me, Samuel. I mean, I'm I'm just saying if you could kind of stick to the flowery romantic side of your writings, I think our listeners would appreciate that. I would ask you not to censor me or tell me how to do my own penmanship, sir. Okay, well, I'm just... I'm just saying this is how I feel. Well, That's why I don't book you on the show as much, because if you don't mind, I'd like to get started, sir. You're sounding a little long-winded. Oh, well, excuse me, Samuel E. Quauch. You're very excused, sir. Oh, okay, I'm excused from my own show. If needs be, sir. All right, read your... <laughs> What's your romantic letter about this time? I'm glad you finally asked me, sir. Watch it, Quauk. This is a romantic letter I wrote when I, I took an Amazon journey in South America with my beloved Genevieve. We took a wooden paddle boat down the length of the Amazon River with all its tropical plants, its wild animals, its... Flowers, it's fish, it's amphibians, it's reptiles, just a wild jungle of a place. Okay, yes, I've heard that the Amazon is quite... Do you mind if I read my letter, sir? Okay, I was just adding to... I don't need your add-ons, sir. Wow, okay, excuse me, Quauk. Thank you very much. Okay, go ahead, read your... Your flowery romance letter about when you and... Genevieve. Genevieve took a paddleboat down the Amazon. Yes, thank you very much. Your long-winded introduction is almost as long as the Amazon River itself, sir. Read your letter. Thank you very much. My dearest Genevieve. Oh, it has been so long since we first stepped inside the paddle boat and went to drift down the Amazon River like two leaves riding on the tide. Both of us stood on the bow, the warm tropical air blowing across our skin, across our faces, the the sun warming us to the bone. And all around us, colorful, tropical parrots flying and squawking in the air. Fish jumping, breaking the surface of the river. And a feel of excitement and adventure in both our hearts and souls. A look of true, 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 true... Are you trying to say something? Excuse me? Well, it sounded like you said true like nine times. That's part of how I write, sir. Okay, true what? You you were on the river, and true what? Do you mind if I continue, sir? Go ahead, God, true something. True passion for the adventure that lie ahead. Oh, Genevieve, your rosy cheeks, your soft supple lips, your white cloth linen hat, keeping you protected from the sun. Your nails painted a, a light touch of red and a twinkle in your eye that let me know that you were so happy to be alive. And as the long wooden boat pulled out into the girth of the massive churning river, we watched as the emerald tree line slid past. We watched as the clouds bounced across the blue sky overhead, and we were led down the long, winding, mysterious river by a current that seemed to lull us into a place of safety and security. And I'll never forget, as we stood there marveling at nature's gifts, suddenly the boat struck a rock, and we were jolted forward. I grabbed the railing. Held on for my dear life, but somehow your grip was not strong enough and you flipped over the edge of the boat. I screamed for you and I saw you paddling in the water, just treading, holding your own and thinking it won't be but a moment before we throw a safety rope and pull you back up. But, but then a slight movement in the water, the, the churning, the bubbles, and suddenly before all of our eyes, the crew, the other passengers... A froth of white and red as suddenly we realized a hungry band of piranha had attacked your lower extremities. Your legs literally being eaten off the lower end of your body. Bubbles of blood and white froth filling the tepid waters as you screamed and screamed. Ble- okay, whoa! Excuse me, sir. There it is, right there, Okay. Here's you're painting this beautiful picture. You're going down the Amazon, and suddenly you're. Who is it? Genevieve, sir. Genevieve is having her lower extremities, as you put it, eaten alive by piranha. What is a piranha? It is a meat eating fish that I know. Are you saying piranha? That's exactly what I said, sir. Piranha. She was eaten by piranhas, not all of her, sir, if you'd let me finish my story. Go ahead, God, and clean it up. Thank you very much. I'll never forget as we threw you the lifeline and we, we pulled you to the side of the boat, your arms grasping. We lifted you halfway out of the water, the piranha still nibbling at your exposed femurs. We thought we had you halfway up to the boat for a full rescue. Suddenly, an enormous electric eel jumped from the water and wrapped itself around your throat, sending 7,295 volts of electricity through your whole body. Your body spasmed like a scarecrow hanging in the wind off of a building. Your eyes short-circuiting, your tongue being bit in half by your teeth as your Nerves, didn't know how to react. Your butt. All right! Are you kidding? A giant electric eel. Do you mind, sir? Yes, I mind. This is just ghoulish. I am trying to read my romantic letter, sir. It's anything but romantic. It's like a Stephen King horror book. Do you mind if I finish, sir? Yeah, hurry up, Quauk. Thank you very much. Myself and the other crew members, we hacked. We hacked at the electric eel with paddles from the boat. We hacked at the electric eel with anything we could find. Axes, knives, blades, anything to knock the massive eel off your body. Finally, it relented and let go of you, releasing its grip and plunging into the water where the hungry piranha ate its brutalized corpse. And at last, as we, as we drew you up towards the railing to pull you into the boat, a 27-foot anaconda came out of nowhere and wrapped itself around your throat, your eyes bulging out like light bulbs from an electric Christmas tree, your tongue wiggling around like a, like a Hershey squirt wiggling in the breeze. Oh, oh, Genevieve. All right. Are you kidding me, Are eyes bulging out? That's correct, sir. Is this thing almost over? I'm almost there, sir. Hurry up. At last, we thought we had you on the boat when suddenly a whole tribe of pygmy natives emerged on the shoreline with their blow darts. They saw you hanging on the bow of the boat with your eyes bulged out like Belgian waffles, crying at a waffle festival. And quickly they were terrified, thinking you were a demon god from the darkest depths of the Amazon River itself. All of them, all 59 of the pygmies raised their blow darts and shot poison arrows into your face and into your abdomen. Unable to shoot things into your legs because they had already been eaten by the piranha. The darts pierced your skin, your skin bloating and welting. Your body spasming like a- like a baby that had just been run over at some ostrich races. It would- Alright enough! Get the hell out of here, Quawk! This is disgusting! Good lord, I'm not finished sir. Yes you are, get out of here. And then the pygmies threw their spears, all of them going through your body like a human shish kebab you glistened in the sun. Get out, get out, get out, get out. Idiot, done. Up yours sir, up yours, get out of my office. Good lord. Unbelievable! Blood dripping from your skin like Kentucky fried chicken at a. Get out! Good God! Feel sick! Oh, get him out of Keep him out! What a dildo! What a. You know, now I'd rather take the ice. I'd rather stand out in an ice storm in the middle of winter than. Listen to that guy's heartwarming love stories again. What a freak. Let's move on, Roger. Jeez. Have you checked the children? All right, I want to close the show off with something that's just been annoying the hell out of me. And it affects you directly and affects me directly because I'm in this industry, the acting industry. And I got to tell you, man, I'm just so annoyed and over the freaking actors. Actors. Putting these little commercials together, talking about how much they hate this or hate that, or want to want to influence you to vote for this person or that person, or not get behind the new president, or you know, give us Meryl Streep giving a speech at the at the uh, Golden Globes and a bunch of actors putting commercials out saying, oh, try and stop the vote, and let's not, vo- let's not legitimize the president, and let's, let's do whatever we can to hold it up, and this and that, and oh my God, who the hell do you people think you are, man? It really makes me ashamed to be, be a, associated with half these doofuses, and I, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, I don't care if it was Barack or or Donald. I don't want to hear from you actor idiots. You know, all these ones that said they're going to move and they're crying and they're this and they're that. I'll tell you what, you uh, self-serving egomaniac actors. The election wasn't about you. The election was voiced by the people. The election is about the people's needs and the people's wants and the people's desire for change or lack of change or, or leadership or lack of leadership. Whatever they decide, if they pick a monkey to be the president or they pick Albert Einstein to be the president, that's the people's choice. That's a democracy. That's the way it works. And sometimes you're happy with, with what the people pick. Remember, the people, not you, Meryl Streep and the rest of you, who, by the way, live the high life. Okay? The people pick the president. You know, Jimmy Carter was a peanut farmer and a physicist. Ronald Reagan was a congressman, and he was an actor. He was an actor. He did movies with chimpanzees. I mean, there's all walks of people that have become president. And maybe you don't always like them or agree with them, but... You know what? Who are you, actors, to try and tell people how to think and feel and influence? First of all, you live a very charmed life. You know, notice they never get the actor. The actors never speak out. Who are who are still running around to auditions and live in a one-bedroom apartment? But suddenly, Robert De Niro says he wants to take Donald Trump behind a building and punch him in the face, and and uh, you know. Meryl Streep's just, uh, you know, g- gonna be sick to her stomach because Donald Trump's cruel and mean, and Chelsea Handler's crying like a three-year-old. She says she's gonna move to Spain. If well, it ain't out. It ain't about you, okay? Unfortunately, like it or leave it. if the, if the people. Voted for a president that you perceive to be a little bit cruel, then that's the people's choice. They got to live with it for four years. But just stop trying to tell everyone that, that, that your voice is bigger and more powerful than what the people want, man. It makes my stomach turn. I mean, most of, you, most of you actors that do these commercials are very successful. You live in the world of big houses, millions and millions of dollars, social privilege. When you walk into a restaurant, I'm pretty sure the maitre d' puts you at the best table and 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 make sure your meal is on the house. Believe me, I've been around these people. Believe me, I'm an actor. I've I've been exposed to this type of treatment. Even at my level I get it. I'm not an A-list actor, but I I've, I've been spoiled. I get you know people like like to do things for actors they they like them and and I like actors but I don't like it when actors act up like this when they try to think that their voices and their opinions are bigger and better than everyone else's and they try to sway people to think like them you know what actors are at the end of the day actors are people that were able to memorize some lines mimic real life or mimic fantasy, read their lines on camera, and have a sensibility within them to act so that it may look real or they may absorb or adopt a character. So how does that make them qualified to preach to the rest of us how to think or feel? And when when actors from any side, whether it's it's uh, Republican or Democrat, when they when they take the pulpit, when they take an award show ransom, and they get up there and they start spewing their point of view and their opinion, you know what? Nobody tuned in for that. You're in the entertainment business. You're not in the uh, you're not in the uh, you know political op-ed industry. If you want to write your own book and people can come and find it, great. If you want to write an article in a newspaper, great. People have the choice to take it or leave it. But don't, don't, uh, don't uh, you know? Get handed the Oscar, and all of a sudden start telling me your political views. I just think it's like a really cheap, you know, classless hijacky way to get your message out there. You know. You're already alienating half the people watching. You know, you know. I think sometimes these actors believe that everyone watching them thinks like them. Everyone watching has the same political opinions and agendas and ideals. And when these a- actors start spewing their nonsense, they think everyone's on board with them and worshipping them and praising them. Oh, Meryl Streep. Oh, yes. Oh, we love you even more. You're such a good human being that knows how to memorize lines. You know, try finding a cure for cancer. How about that? I'm not that impressed that you can memorize lines. Okay? Oh, gosh. So there you go. I just, it's, it's, it's never going to stop. I don't even know why I, I say I hope it stops, but I wish it would. You know? What you're forgetting a lot of times is when we go to movies, when we watch these award shows, it's to escape all that crap. We really don't want to hear your opinion. That's like if your neighbor came to your front door, you rang the doorbell, you open it, and he just started spewing his his political opinions. Would you stand there and listen to them? No, you'd slam the door. You'd be would you mind getting off my property? I don't want to hear this. So I don't know. I don't know if you guys find it annoying. And again, I'm not picking sides. I'm not po- picking political. I would be just as mad. Uh, 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 I'm, I, in fact, I do get as agitated and mad no matter what side of the aisle these, these people come from. It's just kooky, man. So there you go. That's That's my little two cents worth about about that. Now I'm going to go I'm going to go knock on someone's door and tell them uh, all my political opinions. I don't know, maybe you guys are different. If you want to if you want to tell me, you can. Tell me if you like it or don't like it. And again, this isn't a party thing, okay? It's not Donald Trump or Hillary. It's all actors, all parties, all events. I d- I just don't like it. I'm not picking sides. So if you guys want to comment, I don't want to hear I don't want you to come at me like I've picked sides, but I would like to hear if you find if it's annoying or enlightening or you like it or you hate it. If anyone wants to comment, you know, give me a shout 323-739-4330. 323-739-4330. Let let me know. We'll sh- if we like your uh, your f- phone message, we'll share it with the audience here. I can't be the only one that gets annoyed. Uh, Also, you can write me at harlandwilliams.com. Yes, 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 you can. Um, You can write me there and uh, you can, uh, you know, leave any comment you want under our contact uh, link at the Highway, at the uh, harlandwilliams.com website. Also, go to our store. We have all kinds of great gifts and merchandise in our store we can send to you. Tons of fun T-shirts and all that stuff. Also, get the app, get the free app on your cell phone for the Harland Highway. Go to uh, your app store, type in the Harlan Highway, and boom, it's free. Everyone loves free. Free! Uh, and that's it, man. Um, hope to have some cool announcements coming up in the very near future about a new TV show I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to launch that I think you'll get a kick out of and so on and so forth. So there you go. I'll leave it right there for now. Thanks for being here, everybody. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Your body's spasming like a a baby that had just been run over at some ostrich races.